2: It's Football Friday on The Fan. It's a man's game now. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought
3: to you by the Alana Sportsbook. Watch the games in the region's largest video wall and wager on your team at the Alana Sportsbook.
2: Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. We have great expectations. The Fan.
4: All right, we're all hopped up on the high of a tie from Team USA against England. <laughs> all right, let's get into the football in this football fight. I kissed a my sister miracle. twice. You stop that! Um, what are you, Estacada? We got the Ducks and the Beaver. You're going to start a war with Estacada, <laughs> and that's a war that you're going to have to fight by yourself. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be you're going to be literally dying on that hill because they're going to drag you up that hill
1: where the the hills have eyes. Uh Uh-huh, and
4: they'll get you. Um, Let's talk Ducks and beeves. Let's do it. Down at Corvallis tomorrow, 12.30 kick, right here on the fan between Oregon and Oregon State. Um, And I'm really looking forward to this game because, for me, this game feels like it will be one of the all-time epic, back-and-forth, close Oregon-Oregon State rivalry games or this thing is going to be an absolute blowout and it will be an absolute blowout in Oregon's favor if this thing is not close and I can't figure out which one it will be for me because it ultimately comes down to this game will be close and we'll find out really quickly how close it's going to be based on the fact if if Oregon State can run the football and they can not have it be forced to be on the arm of Ben Golbranson. Then the Bees are going to have a chance to keep this thing close and drag Oregon into deep water and Oregon's going to have to scratch and claw and fight their way for a win if the Bees can run the ball. But I just don't know if they can because you have got to be dominant in the run game to against this Oregon team because of how stout they've been all season long against the run.
1: Yeah, what Oregon has been opened up by has been the passing game. Yep. They've been able to contain well on the edges. They've been able to stuff the run up the middle. And Oregon State, as much as, as physical as they are, they, they, they do have one of the better running attacks in the conference. Yeah, They do have a stable of running backs. They are stout up front. But that's the one place Oregon's defense has been fine this year.
4: They've Hell, been really good.
1: Excelled even.
4: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely they have. They rank um, in the running game. They are one of the best, not just in the conference, uh, but in the country at 112 yards rushing per game that they allow. It is still number, uh, well, it's number two, only behind Oregon State, um, which is at 111 yards per game. And to me, that the, that's where this came kind of the rubber meets the road because unlike, you know, Oregon State, Oregon with Bo Nix, Their receivers that we've seen a lot of these guys step up and and take a bigger load. Their ability to throw the ball and have balance in their offense is without question. With Oregon State, it it is more—it can be more lopsided. Um, And if they can't run the ball, that's what gets the motor going in everything that they do. And now, you could look at total numbers, and you can say, hey, Oregon State is very balanced— um, in their rushing and passing attack. At 400 yards per game, that's nothing to shake a stick at. I get it. But they average 192 yards per game on the ground and 213 through the air. And if you look on, on the flip side of that, Ducks are at 223 and 288. That is a far cry, right, in the balance being there. Slightly more. <laughs> so, slightly more to where if Oregon puts the clamps down on, on the run game, it could be a long day for Oregon State and that's going to be the the interesting part for me is this thing comes down to health too because we know Damian Martinez has emerged as the is the go-to back for Oregon State but what is the health of Deshaun Fenwick and Jam Griffin? Because one thing that we, we know and we see out of this Beavs team is how good they are when they have that stable of backs running and what that opens up for everybody else uh, getting going in the run game. You have your workhorse now. You've been talking about this all yes. season long. Finding that guy who's going to get those give me the of 15, carries.
1: Give me the guy who's going to give you 15 carries every game. You got him in yeah. Martinez, and he's been, he's been fantastic. Yes. He's answered the bell every week for the last six weeks. You
4: need the other guys, though, too, yeah. because he's not just going to say, hop on, let's go, in, in a game like this where you need to establish a run. And you still do have your backup quarterback playing in, in Ben Goldbranson.
1: And they've shown that they, that they don't trust Ben they they just don't. And that's fine. It is what it is. This was a a need coming into this season. Oregon State tried to go out and get JT Daniels. Uh Ch- Chance Nolan started out the the season incredibly well, fell apart, then got injured and just he's just not going to be ready to go. Yeah. And you look at this now, I mean they they're throwing the ball anywhere between, you know, 15 and 19 times a game. Yeah. they, they it's in today's college football. That's insane.
4: And but and when they get their shots, though, they can go over the top on you and they can beat you with Tayshaun can. Harrison and Tayshaun Lindsay. And like they've, they've got, got a weapons. They've
1: got guys, and that's if you're looking at the key to this game, it is establishing the runs so that you can pop Oregon over the top when yep. you get eight, nine guys in the box committed. Because that's ultimately what's going to happen is Dan Lanning and his staff are going to look at this and go, beat us over the top. Mm-hmm. Because they should. Because they should demand Oregon State beat them in the passing game. They should not get beat in the running game, knowing full well that Oregon State's passing game isn't that great. But to your point, yes, they need somebody else in that running game to break free. Damian Martinez being the bellwether guy, answering it over and over and over again, they need Jam Griffin to break a 40-yarder. Yeah, They need somebody else out there. The one thing they have done very well is is four yards in a cloud of dust. (laughs) They have have done it incredibly well. It's their
4: identity, man.
1: They need in this game... A big play,
4: mm-hmm. and
1: more than a big play. They need big plays.
4: And this is where I think it's gonna. We're gonna find out really quickly how this game goes because health is gonna play such a massive role in, in this game. Because when you look at it with uh, wh- whether you want to look at the injuries to Bo Nix and Alex Forsyth, Bo Nix's health in uh, watching him play on a peg leg against Utah. He was good enough to win that game, Mm -hmm. and that is saying something. But he was a shell of himself, especially in the second half when – that shot started wearing off, mm-hmm. and you could you started seeing the noticeable limp. The fact that he just uh, turtled in the pocket and took a sack instead of what we've seen Bonix do is Escape create, and create for a little bit more. And he would hopefully he is better, a little bit better than he was a week before. But then you also have your all conference center and Alex Forsyth, who is, was out last week. I know he, he went through warm ups, he is trending it in that right direction. But without Oregon talking about where they are on the injury front, that could be a huge one uh, where if you're not up. A- full strength against one of the better rush defenses, not just in the conference, but 111 yards a game. Pretty damn good nationally. You will need your full complement against this Oregon State front. What Trent Bray has done with this defense is absolutely incredible in Mm -hmm. one year. To take over a middle to back end defense and turn them into one of the better ones in the conference
1: With almost the exact same personnel.
4: It is, it is is stunning. It's a credit to him. It's a credit to uh, the the players as well mm-hmm. for buying into that scheme and that system. Oregon will need to be healthy, but so does Oregon State because yes. if you look at the injuries on that side, whether it's you know the jackhammer uh, Jack Coletto, and I know that uh, whether it's Coletto, Jaden Grant, and I think Alex Austin, the other corner, um, that's a linebacker, a safety, and a corner. By the way, in in Austin Grant and Coletto. That you will need to slow this Oregon offense down. I know that Jonathan Smith said earlier this week that he does feel optimistic and better about the fact that you're getting those three back. But there's still a lot of guys on that injury report, and you know we were talking with Angie Machado earlier this week. It was it was a mass unit, man. Mm-hmm. It was it, the last two weeks. Now that 38-10 win against Arizona State, that is huge. But you're still getting beat up in these games because it becomes the war of attrition. Yeah. And depth. And that's where I sit there and I look at it and say, all right, which team has more depth? Oregon. Yes. Okay? At the beginning, if you're going healthy on healthy, and this thing is two teams at their peak going, you have got a slugfest. But if the Beavs have an inability to run the football, Mm -hmm. and they cannot get that run game going, and their defense is still dinged up and nicked up, then you sit there and you go, that's where this game gets out of hand, and it could get out of hand relatively quickly.
1: And that's where, if you're looking on the other side, for Knicks, how healthy is he? Yep How, how well can he stand in there and, and get after it? Mm-hmm. And it was warrior football for him last week. There's no doubt about that. But it took every last bit of everything they had last week to eke out a win at home. Mm-hmm. Now you're traveling to research which is a house of horrors for numerous teams in this conference. And it's a rivalry week, and it's the end of the season, and it's the Pac-12 championship game on the line. There's so much at stake here for both sides. And I think that that makes it, I don't want to say a coin toss, because Oregon is is, is clearly favored in this game. I shouldn't say clearly. They're a three-point favorite. But a three-point favorite on the road, you're basically a touchdown favorite. Yep. But this is more than a puncher's chance for Oregon State.
4: Absolutely.
1: This this is not a, well, you know, if if Oregon really can't get it done, then, you know, maybe Oregon State. Have, no, this is, a, I'd say it's like a 60-40 Ducks here. I, I think Oregon State has a legitimate chance in this game. You know, so much of that hinges on, can Forsyth go? How healthy is Knicks for I look, me?
4: And I look at it with what they did last week against uh, Utah. The fact that they won a football game, with only 59 yards rushing, mm-hmm. I did not think that we would see that it be possible from, yeah. from this Oregon team or with a Kenny Dillingham team. Running the ball for 59 yards, that's like Washington State air raid Mike Leach bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they could not get a run game going, yet their defense was up to the task. And that may be one of those things that you look at with Oregon and you say, boy, they answered that bell. They Their defense, I didn't think they had it in them after what we've seen, uh, but they answered the call against a Utah team that it look that was a team, the war of attrition. They're losing that war of attrition in, in Salt Lake city, but Oregon's defense stepping up the way they did. They're going to have to do it again this week. And they're going to have to go come in a big way against Oregon state because that is where they get you. But Oregon state's defense is really damn good and they deserve mm-hmm. a ton more credit. And i th- I think what it is it is it. uh, There was a a stat that the Pac-12 research threw out about Oregon State's defense where they have three guys that have eight or more pass breakups. And Alex Austin, who is dinged up, he's one of them. Mm -hmm. Rayon Wright is another one. Um, And then, oh, goodness. I I think it may be. It's not Jaden Grant. I think it's uh, Cooper, Ryan Ryan Cooper. Mm -hmm. I think he's the other one. They have three guys with eight pass breakups on the season. Mm Mm-hmm. The conference has like three others. Good lord! <laughs> like they are, they are really dangerous. incredibly
1: disruptive in the back end.
4: They are. That is the the kindest way to say it. Yes. Yeah, they got some dogs back yes. there.
1: They listen, man. Uh, I will go back to that USC Oregon State game and how uncomfortable they made some of the best wide receivers in the country look. Yep. It was incredible how well they played.
4: Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun game because of everything that's at stake here too. Because I mean, really, what is at stake is an Oregon State win and the Ducks and the Beavers finish with the same record this year. That's insane.
1: If you think about that, go back to the beginning this year, Pac-12 media days. If I told you both teams were yeah. going to finish,
4: <laughs> and it'd be nine and three, nine and three. <laughs> that's pretty damn impressive.
1: Would Oregon fans take that?
4: Nine and three in Dan Lanning's first year,
1: but, but yeah. if I told if I told yeah. Duck Vance that yes, you would go nine and three and you would be in a a, a solid bowl game. Yeah, are, are but, we talking before or after the Georgia game?
4: I, I think just, before the game, even just in general, too. like listen. Dan Lanning's first year, they go nine and three with Bonix. But, but I, I think,
1: don't tell you about Georgia and I don't tell you about Oregon State.
4: Well, no, here is the thing: is I, I think that on the surface that would be totally acceptable, but then you say. Okay, here's your three losses: Georgia, Washington, and Oregon State. That's where Duck fan goes. Oh, hell no!
1: That, that's what I mean, because those hell no those three losses, the the national stage loss, and then both your rivalry games.
4: Yeah, no, you don't. You don't want to take that. My, that's not going to be a good taste in your mouth if that happens. But that's
1: cr- kind of crazy when you think about how this is this season can be framed.
4: Yeah. And for Oregon State, it also keeps alive the hope of having a ten-win season. If you get a, this win and then a bowl win, and for Oregon, you get a ten-win season, you get a, a spot in the conference championship game, and you sit there and you keep your New Year six bold hopes alive. alive. Like that is that's huge for for Oregon to to have that. It's all in front of them right now, and I. I Look at this, and just with the lens of okay, with all things being equal, okay, who has the the inherent advantage? And it's Oregon right now. Mm-hmm. Like even if the game's at Oregon State, like that is that's a good equalizer. But if Oregon State, do you think of matchups? Matchups dictate fights, certainly. And this is where you go with the Beavs. If, if that run game, if they cannot effectively run the football, they do not have a chance. No, they don't. They, I mean,
1: they, that's they, it. They, 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 I mean, listen, anything can happen, but you're not putting it on Uncle Branson. You're not. You're, you're just not. Mm-hmm. He's he's shown nothing this season to show that that's an option for them to pursue.
4: I'm excited for this because you are going to have a slugfest. It will be a yeah. slugfest. We will know early kind of which direction. Who's answering go. the bell? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, our pregame coverage starts tomorrow 8 a.m. Uh, Anthony Newman, who's getting ready for a state championship game in an hour and 45 minutes uh, for the Westland Lions, uh, joined by uh, Andy Dirt Johnson and myself at 8. We'll hand it off to Jerry, Georgie, Terry, and Joey at uh, 10.30 leading you up to a 12.30 kick. Look, one spot is already um, locked in in the, in the Pac-12 championship game they still have a shot at the college football playoff, too, and that is USC. This is a huge weekend across the conference and uh, kind of untangling, all right, what are the conference championship game scenarios? That, after us, with SportsCenter. He doesn't have that right now.
2: This is a Football Friday edition of Time Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the That's Alien right, Sports. On 1080, The Fan. So the
5: road and made my really got a
4: hold.
0: All
4: right, so a lot of questions out there. Okay. What happens with this tactical championship game? Uh, USC is in. And now USC is uh, fighting for a little bit more. They got got an outside shot at the college football playoff, too. If they win their next two games, and and we talked about this on uh, Wednesday Mm -hmm. after the rankings came out, that, look, a win over Notre Dame, it it could magically be enough that the committee just deems enough to have jumped LSU. And with the outcome of Ohio State and Michigan – I could totally see a situation where the committee goes, "Yeah, okay, now USC's done enough after back-to-back weeks of winning games um, against ranked opponents to throw them ahead of LSU and put them in that playoff conversation." They just don't have a strong resume right now. They don't.
1: I mean, who are you talking to right
4: now? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, name the good team they've beat.
1: No, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, they,
4: they don't. Like, they don't. They don't have. A, they have not beaten like no. It, it's UCLA this past weekend. Yes, yeah. Like in in name a good team that they've beaten decidedly. Like, cause, and this is what we were talking about the other day is like, yeah, you won a three point game against UCLA. Mm-hmm. You won a three point game against uh, Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Now you're winning those games, mm-hmm. but is there another team like you had a close one against Cal? That's not impressing anybody. Mm, no. And look, they say style points don't matter. They do style points one hundred percent matter. You no. had a
1: close one against Arizona, and they, and they should Those matter. And they should have hung up sixty on UCLA. They didn't. They, that's the point. That's, that's my point is they should have and they didn't, and that's been their their thing. It, the Oregon State game, I always thought that game was going to be close. I, I did not think it was going to be that kind of game. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they did win. Mm-hmm. Now go out tomorrow, kick the crap out of the Irish, and shut everyone up.
4: Right, and they will be. They're already into the Pac twelve championship game. That is. Uh, decided on that half, and on the other side, it's pretty simple. I mean, it really is. It's very simple. If, if you're Oregon, if you win, Ducks are in. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Um, a Ducks win, and they are in. Now, here's where it gets a little messy. Uh, there is one scenario in which Washington uh, gets into the college or gets into the Pac-12 championship game. Okay, it is an Oregon State win. Obviously, a UW win in the Apple Cup, uh, Utah beating uh, Colorado, and then it comes down to Cal needs to beat UCLA because your tiebreakers are head to head and then the uh, win percentage against the highest win percentage amongst co- uh, common opponents. And for UW, where they would uh, fall into. A little, and that's why people are going. Well, wait a minute. You know, UW beat Oregon, and Oregon beat UCLA. That doesn't come into play here. You have to go all the way down to that loss to UCLA head to head, and a loss to Arizona State. So you have those two losses that are going against you. That's why you need Cal to beat um, to beat UCLA as well. And that's the only way. The only way that UW makes it. Oregon State wins, Washington wins, Utah wins, Cal beats, um, uh, what's it called? UCLA because mm-hmm. of just the way that the tiebreakers work right now at the highest common opponent win percentage. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. The most likely scenario, obviously, is Oregon gets in. Yes. The second most likely is Utah. Yep. And the Utah scenario is basically things go chalk except for Oregon State beats Oregon.
4: Yeah, so UCLA, Utah, and UW all win, and then the Beavs beat the Ducks. So Utes fans are the biggest uh, Oregon State Oregon State fans in the in the in the country right now, outside of Oregon State fans themselves. Mm -hmm. Every other one is basically Oregon wins therein, um, and that's it. That that that, that's kind of it. Oh, and then there is another one for UW too, which is um, Colorado's beating. Colorado has to beat. Uh, Utah as well, uh, so if, and that's not going to happen. Like, can we just say that right now? I mentioned this like off the top of my head. Like, there's only one opportunity that Washington gets in. I guess there is uh, another one, and that is Colorado beats Utah. But that may be like there. This Colorado football team is approaching the levels of sucktitude that we have only seen from Washington State under Paul Wolf. From a, I mean, it's worse than, like, Gary Anderson, Oregon State. We're talking, like, Kansas bad here is how bad this thing is. I still can't believe that they found a way to beat Cal. I don't know how that happened. How how did that happen? How did Colorado win a game this year, let alone won 20 to 13? Post-coach firing, baby. <laughs> they, got the, they got the bump. It's good. It's good for one every time. You know, that was that week, their head coach, he went down and do – like fraternity row mm-hmm. in, it was in like Boulder,
1: re- recruiting people to come to games.
4: Yeah, and he was like, like going to all the frats and sororities and like, come on, you guys got to come to the game. Like generating that, please support. God, come. Yeah, please God. And that just so happens is the only game that they won, so maybe it worked. Maybe he just needs to do it all the time.
1: <sighs> that place is just so dysfunctional right now. I don't, I don't know what you do with that.
4: They should be better. That is the old them in Arizona State. Yes, those programs should be way better than they are.
1: Colorado was a national power at one time. Yeah, but, it's a beautiful campus. It's a place people want to. It's like it's not like a small city. You know, it's like, there's none of the, like the only draw or the only like negative mark against it is that in the winter it does get cold and it gets snowy. Yeah, that's they're really only negative. It's a great place to live. It's a great school. The facilities are fantastic. The stadium is one of the best views in college football. Mm -hmm. It's got history. You've got money. Like there's no reason why they shouldn't be good.
4: No, except for it's cold. It's cold.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's really cold. Listen, man, Michigan's cold. Notre Dame's cold. There's a lot of cold. The whole don't bleep in Big Ten. It's cold.
4: <laughs> that's a great point. Except for in a couple
1: of years when the LA schools come, yeah, and then they'll be warm in the cold time. But oh man, it's 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 a known thing. And, and there's so uh, you don't have to win every recruiting battle in the South to be like remotely you competitive. Don't? You don't. You, you don't, don't. Turns out. Turns out if you can recruit really well in, like, Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan and those kind of places, you can still do okay.
4: All right, um, Danny, you are a USC homer. Yes. Uh, which team would you like to see in the Pac-12 championship game? It's most important
1: for them to see Oregon.
4: Yeah? It is. You don't think that they, by redeeming themselves against a... Utah team? Utah team no, that will do anything? Because I
1: think if, I, I think if you, if you talk to anyone, if they replay that game the likelihood is USC wins. Well. They lost by one in the closing seconds on the road to an emotionally fueled team mourning the loss of two of their classmates. Okay. They replay that game. I'm pretty confident USC wins. Do you think Vele is going to have the best game of his life again? Maybe. Mm.
4: Maybe. Can, Can USC stop Utah from scoring 43 points?
1: Yes, I think they can.
4: They didn't do it the first time. No, but I think like again, <laughs> what, that is the biggest concern that I. I'm oh, sorry, think it wasn't with,
1: it wasn't Bailey that game. It was Kincaid
4: with uh, with the committee. I really do think that that is going to be the biggest drawback for USC is their defense is got they've got some issues that yeah. that are going to be if it comes to nitpicking teams in their resumes. The fact that they've given up some 40 spots in inopportune times, that's going to be brutal. And they cannot afford to give up a ton of points to this Notre Dame team that against good teams has has been slowed down to a crawl, and they just feast on the bad teams offensively. Like, this is not a great offensive Notre Dame team. No, not at all. They have got to put clamps down uh, on them because also, like, like you, it becomes that measuring stick, and this is so stupid because, yeah. like, styles make the fights. Matchups matter. Matchups matter tremendously. But they will look at it and they will justify it if they want to hold USC back. Being like, well, you know, uh, this Notre Dame team—they only scored thirty-five against against Clemson.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Why they they scored forty-two? It's like, okay, we really we're really going to talk about that one touchdown there. Oh. It, Is beat down. As long as the game's closer, that's what matters.
1: As opposed to, you know, the absolute snooze fest that we had in week one with Ohio State and Notre Dame. (laughs) Yeah. That explosive offense.
4: Yeah, 21 10. Yeah. 21 10. The Ohio State won.
1: Put up a whole lot of points.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if they can, we'll see if uh, they can put up more because let's not act like the USC hasn't had a 17 point game in Corvallis. they, they've had At least they
1: scored twenty-one. They, they, they've had one game, <laughs> had one game of it, and
4: so has Ohio State.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you hate Ohio I State do. for why? Why? I don't know. I don't you know. really hate them. Though. I, I, I don't buy them. <laughs> I don't buy them. I just don't.
4: Well, I, we'll find out about Mich- them too because they get uh, I'm, one of those teams, Michigan this week. Michigan,
1: Ohio State. One of those. One of those teams is going to come out looking very fraudulent. Either Michigan's defense is going to come out looking very fraudulent or Ohio State's offense is going to come out looking very well,
4: that's fraudulent. Well, isn't that just framing of how you're going to frame, be framing it? No, 100%. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Like you just said, it was one bad game. No,
1: no. I'm framing it. <laughs> one of these teams is going to be fraudulent.
4: I absolutely love it. And you know what? It, that's exactly because the committee.
1: Because te- neither team has played anybody. And what the committee
4: will do is they will absolutely – fuel that fire by whichever team they want to prop yeah. up a little bit more. Alright, 503-250-1080. It's time for the Worst Day on the Web. First is Rust with SportsCenter.
2: This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the al a Sportsbook. On 1080, The Fan. It's time Hello. for today's Worst Day on the Web. Hello. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080,
4: the fan. Well-oiled machine over here. Well-oiled
1: machine. Um,
4: All right, it's time for our worst day on the web. And today, our worst day on the web uh, goes to Walt Anderson. And no, it's not
5: because his name sucks.
4: Why, why, why would you say that about what is a why did Walt Anderson do to get that Ricochet shot? Listen, why just, do you hate the name Walt? Danny's had
5: like four days to sit at
4: home and just get <laughs> pissed Man. off at things. <laughs>
1: What did Walt do to you? Tell me Walt Anderson doesn't sound like he killed somebody.
4: Walt Anderson. If
1: I if I said Walt Anderson of Detroit, Michigan, 46 years old,
5: Walt Anderson sounds like the guy on your street that yells at the kids for playing basketball too late at like 4:30 on a Wednesday afternoon and
1: also has a body with you know or in a trash bag and underneath the freaking water heater.
5: No. No,
4: that's like Jay that's Jay J Anderson Leroy. <laughs> <Swigard. Yeah. laughs> Walt anders- Walter I know, Lee Anderson. Maybe my experiences with waltz are just different than your guys. Because I, just, I uh, waltz Walt Disney, um, not necessarily I, the nicest guy I, in I hindsight. Gonna say, that's what you're gonna but uh, created the happiest place on earth. Ever heard of it? Disneyland.
1: <laughs> Listen, man. A uh, lot of people have said a lot of nice things about serial killers Other before.
4: other other waltz Walt Williams, the wizard. Uh-huh. Huh? Huh? Don't know much about him. Walt Clyde Frazier.
5: He's a snazzy dresser. Great,
4: mm-hmm. great suits, and in that uh, Walter White. It, it, well, that's just yeah. Walt. He was uh, he providing for his family. There you go, Walt White. Uh, my my wife's old uncle Walt. He was great. Mm. He was awesome. So the Blazers business director, our business
1: communications director's name is Walt, and he's he's catching strays right now where he should
4: Man, be. yeah, like. All this you just made Walt Anderson into a murderer. I, I think that's a little offsides. Well, I'm
1: saying when I hear that name, I just it sounds malicious.
4: Walt the butcher. Well, he butchered the call yeah. <laughs> last night.
1: Like if I told you his name was Walter Lee Anderson, would you would you even bat an eye?
4: No. See, no. well, that has more to do with the middle name Lee, um, because isn't that a, isn't that a thing like uh, Lee is the most common middle name for murderers or something? It tracks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's out there a lot. Like when you see it on the news, you're like, oh yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> wow, I'm looking this up. How many assass? This is what comes up when you Google it. Why do so many assassins have three names? Now that is a great call, because well, you throw the middle name in to differentiate it's, it's between also everybody else. Wayne, Wayne is
1: the most most popular middle name for for yeah. John Wayne Gacy.
4: Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. right.
5: Because yeah, they go by the full legal name to not confuse them with you know just the, John Gacy down the street who sells ice cream.
1: These are for the New York Post. <laughs> these are the top murderer names in the in the U.S. Alan, Harold, Russell, Daniel, and Justin. Boof. Oh,
5: Justin, that one's that <laughs> one's a little surprising. One letter off. <laughs> <Yikes>.
4: <laughs> so um, here's an article that starts. There's no secret if your middle name's Lee, Ray, or Wayne, your chances of running into trouble are astronomical. <laughs> Why is that? Why Why is that? Hmm. All right. Um, Back to Walt. Walt. Walt Anderson, that's who we were talking about. Worst day on the web uh, is now getting it from Danny Marais. Um, Walt Anderson was the official in yesterday's Minnesota Vikings-New England Patriots game. And uh, a bit of a controversial call as Hunter Henry was ruled to have dropped an incomplete pass and dropped a pass in the third quarter uh, from Mac Jones where I think everybody kind of saw that and looked at it and said he caught the ball, spun around, reached for the end zone, had two feet down, yet when he came to the ground, they said no! Incomplete pass. That led to post-game report when they ended up having to settle for a field goal in that on oh. that drive. Uh, led to the post-game where Bill Belichick was asked about it.
2: Did you get any explanation on the contra Henry catch that was overturned? Why don't you guys go to the officials with your pool reporter and ask them about the play and let them explain it to you. Right? Isn't that what you do? Thank you.
4: Wow. He gave him a do-your-job business. Bill Belichick, none too happy about it. Why don't you come pick up your son? (laughs) Well, they did go and ask that poor reporter. Turns the out. The poor reporter did go and ask Walt Anderson, and this is what he said. Uh, he said, here's your explanation about the Hunter Henry. He was going to the ground. The ball ended up touching the ground, and then he lost control of the ball in his hands. It seems pretty reasonable, okay. right? Uh, reporter says, can you explain why he wasn't granted possession of the ball before he hit the ground? Great follow-up question. Yeah. Because as he's going to the ground, he has to maintain control of the ball upon con- uh, contacting the ground. The term is commonly known as surviving the ground. A lot of people refer to it. So as he's going to the ground, he has the elements of two feet and control, but because he's going to the ground, he also has to main control- maintain control of the ball as he goes down to the ground. Uh-huh. That, to me, is one thing I don't understand is that in this scenario, do you remember the Travis Kelsey catch earlier in the year? Mm-hmm. Where he was like on the goal and he fell on his back and the ball like squirted out and it went actually into the end zone. Yes. They ruled that a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Same same sort of scenario here where Kelsey had the ball, two hands on it, two Crossed feet hit the ground, and then they call that a touchdown. This is where Walt Anderson is is catching a lot of heat for it, is because it's inconsistent. He even says it right here. He caught the ball, mm-hmm. two hands, uh-huh. two feet, uh-huh. and he even reached the ball across the goal line. How is that not control, and then once it crosses the goal line... It doesn't matter. Isn't the play dead at yes. that point? That's what I always thought.
1: Because you shouldn't have to take the ball to the ground because you're not receiving the ball in the end zone.
4: Because you would have two hands on the ball, control, mm-hmm. reaching it across. That would be deemed, if a football move... and. I think a lot of people's minds, which is possession, and play ends there, and two feet on the ground.
1: Yes, but if you're talking about like a uh, back of the end zone fade, Mm -hmm. like where this would be different, yeah, you would have to maintain that possession to the ground because you're in the end zone already. Yeah, so you have to make so the the catch would not take place until going to the ground, whereas on the outside, the catch has taken place
4: because you reach it across, across the line. line yeah that's what i it and, should, and i thought of that it should be
1: a supersession of 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 um continuation basically
4: but, and, and this is where i i go back to all the time i just go why can't we just say if you in real time if it looks like a catch a catches a catch it stays a catch yeah. like i do we realize how many iconic plays in nfl history would have just been negated because like franco harris is not a catch the immaculate reception raider fan um (laughs) you inconclusive but if it was today we with all the hd cameras you would be able to see whether or not that ball hit the ground and that is one of the i there's statues for goodness
1: sakes built uh, it opens up every single nfl film show
4: yeah and uh, in real time if you say that's a catch i get it getting the calls right that's important that is important, but in doing so, they have written so many rules to go inside of it that it makes it damn near impossible for consistency between a, a groups of officials and w- within the same game. Even yes. it makes it hard. I d- and now the NFL is catching a lot of heat, and they—I sh- mean, in all honesty, Patriots fan—they should not. That game that didn't dictate the outcome of the game. The Patriots became the first team in the Super Bowl era. Teams are one hundred and seventy and O when marking all checking all these boxes. Good lord! Scoring twenty five points or more, uh-huh. having four hundred yards of total offense, uh-huh. outgaining their opponent, completing seventy percent of your passes, having less than sixty penalty yards, having no turnovers, and having no missed field goals. Mm-hmm. One hundred and seventy and O. And now, one hundred and seventy and one error. Like, that that's not the reason. Uh, the, guess what the Patriots did on the next two drives? They ran six plays and got seven yards out of it. They had two three-and-outs and punted. Like, they're not—that's why they lost, because their offense still isn't good enough. But what it comes down to is if you leave a, a shadow of a doubt and you have these— um, rules are so hard for officials to keep up with. You're gonna have calls like this all the time, and, and we, and we have them, every,
1: and we have them every week. That's the thing. Yeah, we have them every freaking week, and it just gets tiring dealing with it, doesn't it? It does because it saps some of the, the joy and the fun out of stuff.
4: Yeah. Well, hey, I thought it was a, actually a great Thanksgiving Day slate yesterday. We,
1: for the first time ever, you cared about football. It, they were good games, like, man. When was the last time we had one, let alone three good games?
4: Let's dive into those a little bit because um, the Bills got some questions. And the Cowboys answered a couple. Danny and Dusty on the fan.
2: This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan.
4: (laughs) I tell you what, do you want to hear a swaggasm? You may get one over on 910 here in a few minutes. The Portland Pilots are up on Villanova's nice. <laughs> 69-60.
5: Uh,
4: and Jason Swigard may erupt if they hold on to this one.
1: Listen, Villanova, even though they're not the team that they have been in the past, this is still a blue blood program. Yeah. And this is after the Pilots hung tight yesterday?
4: Yeah. With North Carolina.
5: Are, are the Pilots back?
4: But <laughs> Were they, Were they, they be back from 1996, yeah. the last time they made well, the tournament? And my...
5: They had so, a couple of rough years under under TP there, and as the guy who who oh, yeah. who ran the board for all these pilots games for the last couple of years, that was that was a dry time. But last year they coach, made some man. noise. Yeah, they, sh- they were they showed some spunk.
4: Shantae taking Coach man, he, he can get, he gets these guys going. Uh, he the portal giveth to one University of Portland. Oh he yeah, last year was like an entirely
5: yeah. new team. It is going to be interesting before. to see
1: how that shakes out. As much as as impactful as as it is in football. Basketball is the one and done sport, man. And if something doesn't go your way, you could change your fortunes very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um. Well, and today, well, like
4: yesterday you also you had the Beavs almost beat Duke. Was that 51 That was an
1: ugly, physically painful game to watch.
4: All right, but they almost won.
1: They did. No, no. no. Again, shout out the Beavs. Uh, but that game was awful.
4: Beavs have got Florida. Uh, today, uh, that game a three o'clock tip from Moda. and then uh, the Ducks play number twelve Michigan State. Is those boys at the Memorial Coliseum coming up at? Uh, they play that game at like nine o'clock
1: tonight. Yeah, it's a late one. It's late.
4: That's late. All right. Uh, let's talk about those uh, Thanksgiving Day games, though. Well, great football on, on Thanksgiving. I was... normally
1: it, God, it's oh. it's so awful. It's usually so it? so so bad. Yeah, you like you don't even want to watch it.
4: Well, yesterday we wanted to. And like it was they're good. They're
1: good games.
4: Um, starting with the Bills and the Lions, which that was a back and forth affair and look, it it looked like Buffalo did not want to be there, uh, for large portions of that game. But I give a ton of credit to um the the Detroit Lions, man. Dan Campbell does have them ready to fight and Jared Goff played about as good of a game as you can expect Jared Goff He's ever not that to bad. play. Yeah. I mean, that was, like, you can get good Jared, bad Jared. 23 of 37, 240 yards, two touchdowns, but the big one, no interceptions. No fix. Took care of the football. Um, they, I, I mean, Buffalo, I would be starting to get, like, a little bit of, like, raising my eyebrow at Buffalo. One, Von Miller got hurt, and now he's not, like, the stalwart of the defense, but he is going to be a guy that in the playoffs can make a massive difference for them. He went down. Apparently, he's got a meniscus um, injury. Injury,
1: not a tear.
4: One to yes. two weeks is, in, in is they're going to be very cautious. Are with we him. sure
1: it's not a tear? Because I think I saw that a I little bit ago. It was torn meniscus. Okay, so yeah. I, when I saw it was AC,
4: he, he maybe they, all, they maybe, all thought it was an ACL, and they said immediately no tear to his ACL. But I think he does have a meniscus tear. Okay, then that's what I. Saw. And they're waiting the no for to the ACL a week or two. But I'm. I'm still concerned about Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, I am too. Real quick on Jared Goff. I told you he was top seven in both passing yards and touchdowns. Would you think that was true? Nope. Yes. No. Uh, No, I I wouldn't. But I know that he did start
4: out the year as one of the top passers because Amon Ross St. Brown came out the gate like gangbusters. Well,
1: he's back healthy, and he absolutely torched the Bills yesterday.
4: Yeah, and they got... uh, so, like, maybe six and
1: touchdown passes and seventh yards.
4: They're doing a phenomenal job with him and that team. I mean, they got a lot of. Uh, I just think that organization is so poorly run.
1: It's going to take a long time to pull it out of the depths. It
4: ain't going to be a couple, uh, just a couple years for no. Dan Campbell. No. But their offensive coordinator, uh, Ben Johnson, mm-hmm. is his name. Um, so He's fast. He's fat and on steroids. Um, <laughs> different Ben Johnson. Oh, different okay. Different Ben Johnson. Apparently, I was reading up on him yesterday. He was like a walk-on quarterback at I think North Carolina, mm. and ended up like becoming the starter. Is like a super bright, smart guy. Always like was working uh, in like uh, something in mathematics, mm. and then was like, you know what? I want to start coaching again. Got into the NFL, and uh, this according to Warren Sharp, he got into coaching in 2019 <laughs> as a quality control coach. And
1: three years later, he's a offensive coordinator? Yeah. That's a pretty quick ascent.
4: <laughs> he coached tight ends for two years. This is his first year calling plays. Um, they are number three, the Lions are, in Percentage of drives that reach the red zone and number six in the NFL in touchdown percentage drives. and yeah.
5: number one in bitten kneecaps.
4: Continually, yeah. yes, number one in bitten kneecaps.
1: And all this with a, they do a good job with a very average quarterback in Jared Goff. Yeah, and a good running game and outside of St. Brown, solid wide receiver play. Yeah, good, not great. Sharks, sharks, okay. God.
4: Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a dude for them, though. He, he is, is going to he be is, a
1: dude. He is a guy who, who kind of comes in waves. Yeah. He started the season off, I think he had three and a half sacks in his God. first five games, and then he didn't do anything for basically six, seven games. Yeah,
4: I like him, though. And in the
1: last couple weeks, he has been on an absolute yeah. tear.
4: And that game was supposed to be a blowout, and it came down to the wire. And so we got dr- We had drama early in the day on Thanksgiving. Uh, and then the middle game was also, we had another double-digit line. That was a... a not nearly as close as the final score will lead you to believe. Not nearly as close. Um because they jumped out to a, a pretty comfortable towards yes. the twenty eight thirteen yes. at one point. Um and so twenty to twenty to or twenty eight is, is a little bit misleading. But they um, covered. They did, and I got some I still got the worries about Dak Prescott because that game was close at half. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have been like it no. should. Dallas should have dominated. Dak coughed up the ball, and you play a team better offensively than the New York Giants. Those interceptions are going to come back yes. to bite you.
1: The thing that I came away from that game thinking was, my God, Brian Dable is the coach of the year, winning and being this good with Daniel Jones as your quarterback is nothing short of a miracle. No, I have not. The last time I saw somebody throw this inaccurately, it was Rick Ankiel with the yips.
4: <laughs> Chuck Knobloch there was one interception that he threw that ended up getting called back because of holding where he threw the ball and they were showing his face and he was like I can't believe I let go of it. Yeah! The, the, the one where Diggs got called for holding and it was somebody else that picked it off but it, he, he was looking like and he was giving that like blinking face yes. where you're like
1: what was I thinking? Snap out of it bud. Yeah. Snap
4: out of it. That's another team though much like Detroit the Giants with Dayball they are heading in more than the right direction because Kayvon Thibodeau was a disruptor yesterday. He was yesterday everywhere too. yesterday. That is good to see as well. I mean, because you want to talk about a guy who can roll in waves. Yes. Like Hutchinson has you kind of go through those w- rookie ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Starting the year injured, Kayvon is starting to come on at the right time for that for that Giants team. And that defense is going to be nasty if if they can keep him around. If
1: they if they can get a quarterback, if they. If they go out there and they go, hell even a Kirk, even a Kirk Cousins,
4: I got I got one for you. I want I want you to stop and I want you to think okay. about this. Text us at 503-250-1080 as well. Which team wins more games if they get Jimmy Garoppolo? The Jets or the Giants? Mm. Danny and Dusty on the fan.